right, if you have a Bible, Matthew chapter 6, and as I said, the words, the, the script will come up on the screen in a little bit as well. And it's just so good to be, be here this morning. Last week I was in Levin at Aspire Levin, and that was just a really wonderful time uh, with those guys. And we have the pastors of Aspire Levin, my, my mum and dad actually, they're here next weekend. So next Sunday we've got Aspire Levin coming down here, and they'll be ministering to us. So that's awesome. It'll be so great. Don't miss it. Um, I, I just want to continue this morning uh, really going back to a thought that I left you with when, we, when I last preached, which was at Tahuna Nui a couple of weeks ago, uh, about how God intervenes and, and operates on the earth today. And you may or may not remember that message. It was called, I Choose You. And you can actually listen to that online at our website but essentially, the big idea was that God, when he is moved about things in the world, guess what? He moves through you. When God is stirred, when, when God's heart is stirred, hopefully your heart gets stirred. And, and we talked about when God wants to come down and answer the prayers of the people, he comes down through you. His coming is your going. Do you remember that message? We looked at Moses and the life uh, of the, the burning bush encounter. And so God always rises somewhere for something through someone. All right. And uh, there are some ones here, here today. And so I just want to just kind of drive this home a little bit further. The I still had stuff left over that I had to get out. So that's what, uh, that's what today, today is. And I just want to do that because one of the great risks to the church in absence of these kind of messages is that we become apathetic and, and we become stationary and we become powerless and, and especially powerless to the, to the things that are going on in the world around us and the things that God is calling us to do. So if, you, if you're taking notes, I've entitled this message, Where There's a Will, There's a Way. You've heard that. Where there's a will, there's a way. Just give me a second because this microphone that's recording is not doing as it's told. I'm going to put it like that. All right. And let me just pray. Father, I thank you for your words. We thank you for your truth, God. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here right now. And, and you get to teach us and you get to show us. You get to uh, challenge us where we need to be challenged. And we give you permission to come change us where we need to be changed in Jesus' name. Thank you for these moments that we have together right now. And we just commit this, this time, Lord, uh, to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I found myself uh, this past week in light of everything going on right now with, you know, things like COVID uh, flare-ups and the the possibilities of, of another lockdown and what, what's going on there. And, and then, of course, we have the upcoming elections and all of, all of that and who, who do we vote for and what's going on there. And then just a whole lot of other stuff that's kind of been happening uh, for me and I'm sure for you as well uh, right now and that, that really needs the hand of God on. It just really needs God's, God's hand. And I've, I've found myself praying this, this past week these words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 6, we, we know it as the Lord's Prayer. It's actually the, the should be called the Believer's Prayer. And, and I found myself particularly praying one part uh, of, of this, your kingdom come in verse 10 of 
Matthew 6, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done here, here on on earth. And I've prayed this prayer a lot. I thought about, you know, are we going to have another lockdown? God, I just pray your will be done in this situation and and thinking about the state of our nation and upcoming of God, just Lord, I pray your will be done uh, on earth as it is in heaven. You know, sometimes when we don't know what to pray for, this is a good prayer. In fact, that's what actually Matthew 6 is about. Jesus saying, hey, listen, this is how I want want you to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and and so on. Do you know how many how many how many know that it would be a great outcome if every area of our life and the world around us God's will got done. Like that would be awesome. Right? That that's what's that like Christian nirvana or something. It's like woohoo, that would be like the ultimate thing for us just to see God's will completely being done. Uh, on, on, uh, on the earth. We'd be happy people. And I, I just got thinking as I've found these words on my lips, as I've been praying for the different things and sometimes not knowing what to pray for. And so just praying, God, your will be done. <laughs> that, that'd be good. If you're, just your will be done, Lord. I, I've just been asking myself the question, how does his will get done? Like, what, what does that actually uh, look like? How, how does that prayer actually get answered is it is it just enough for us as the church to sort of say these words and 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 declare them and and that's it become just leave it to god and hope that it all kind of works out okay and and if you were here the last time actually over in tahuna when i last spoke you'll know that a big part of the answer to that question that i've had is is that his will gets done through us right like a lot of his will gets done through through the church. We, we are his answer, which was kind of the, the crux of last time's message. And I just realized that there are, there are some things that get in the way of us to having his will being done and, and understanding how his will is accomplished, either in our own life, you know, God, what's your will? And, and, and his will in the world around us. And so I just want to go a little bit uh, further with this this morning. And I want to I begin with some some assumptions before I move on. In other words, I hope what I'm about to say you already realize. And if you don't, well, this is, this is great. And so three assumptions. Num- number one, I'm, I'm assuming when it comes to seeing his will done on earth as it is in heaven, number one, you know that God has a will. Right? I'm, I'm talking basics here, but God has a will for the earth. And he has a will for your life, right? And if you agree with me, because there's a lot, a lot of confused-looking people right now, you, you agree, right? God's, there, is, there is the will of God, right? He's not just kind of floating on some cloud in the heavens, disengaged and disinterested, like, oh, man, just do what you want. I'm good. I'm chill. No, God, he has a will concerning the things of the earth. Like, uh, for example, in 2 Peter 3 verse 9, he gives us a glimpse of his will. He says that, that his will is that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. It is the will of God, right? It's his heart that 
every person, no one would miss out on the goodness of God, that we would all come to the place of receiving Christ. That is the will of God. Do you agree? Right? So that's the will of God. We, we know God has a purpose and, uh, in, in his heart and in his mind and a way how life is best lived. How, how do we know this? Actually, I don't have my Bible here in front of me, which is bad, isn't it? But we, we know this because of his word. Right? We, we know this because we, we have the Bible. And it, among other things, is this huge collection of God-inspired writings that reveal the will of God for our lives and, and for the earth. So you want to know what his will is? You want to know what he thinks? Read the Bible. That's where you'll find that out. If you want to know what he has in mind, that will tell you. Meditate on it. Get it on the inside. The, the scriptures reveal God's will. They reveal his intentions for us, his purposes and, and promises, the ways of his heart toward us. It's all, it's all in there, people, right? It's, it's all there. And sometimes, as you know, what we think and what we do isn't the best way. It's not... It's not always God's way, right? Some of the things that we do maybe are not the will of God. Like Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way which seems right to a man, but in the end, it's actually the way of death. So there are God, God's ways, God's will in our, in our ways, sometimes which don't, which don't always line up. In other words, we can live outside of His will. So God loves you. He loves us all, but He doesn't always love everything we do. And, but to understand how his will gets done, you've got to know first that he has one. Okay, so that's just kind of first assumption number one. Before we go any further, yes, God does have a will for my life. He has a will and a purpose for the earth. The second thing that I'm kind of assuming that we, we understand this morning is, is this. Not everything that happens is the will of God. All right, now some of you may begin to theologically have some questions around some of this, but this is kind of my thoughts, my kind of understanding and my beliefs about the will of God, and that is that not everything that happens in the world is God's will. And, and just because stuff happens doesn't mean that, that it was God's will. Like God can use everything that happens. Don't get me wrong. He will redeem anything that happens. But it's not always His will that everything that happens. It's, it's not the will of God, I believe, for terrible things to happen to us. I don't believe that's God's will. We know that the, the will of the enemy, according to John 10.10, 10, is to steal, kill, and destroy. What's the will of Jesus? That, that we may have life in fullness. So, so in other words, wherever you see stealing, killing, and destroying, you know it's not God's will being done. It's someone else's, all right? And, and I say all of this because we can sometimes attribute a lot of things to the will of God that might not actually be His. And it's called fatalistic faith, which says this, whatever will be, will be. Ah, it's just God's will that it happen. Well, that is a belief that just believes everything that happens must just be God's will. So just whatever. I'll just let anything happen. I'll just put up with anything. I'll just allow anything because it must just be God's, God's will. But listen, not everything that happens is His will. 
I'll talk about this in a little bit more. So we've got to know God has a will. And number two, not, his will isn't always being done on the earth. And then number three, three, and this is a little bit more provoking. And, and just send your emails to caroline at aspirechurch.org.nz. <laughs> when we're talking about his, his will being done on the earth, I, making the assumption that you know that God is looking for partners, not puppets. When it comes to how his will and how his purposes and how his intentions and plans happen, he's not looking for puppets. He's looking for partners. God wants to partner with us in seeing his will being done on the earth. He, he wants to use us for that very thing. And, but it's, it's possible that his will isn't always getting done on the earth because if a lot of believers don't don't realize it's actually our responsibility. Like it's part of this partnership deal. God's like, come on, I'm going to use you powerfully to do incredible things. What kind of incredible things? Things that I'm willing. Things to reflect the kingdom of heaven. Right? It's, it's part of our role as, as representatives of heaven's agenda on, on, on the earth. And, and, so, and so sometimes we're like, well, I thought it was just all God's job. Right? I just thought, he, he just does it all. It's like, it's like Moses at the, the burning bush encounter in Exodus 3 where, where God says to him, Hey, Moses, I've heard the cries. I've seen the suffering. And so I'm coming down. Next verse. So go, Moses. I'm sending you to do it. Right? It's that what? I, Moses is like, Hey, I thought you said you were coming down. What's all this got to do with me? God is looking for partners to represent his will in heaven on, on the earth. I might have shown this illustration before just to kind of drive this home. And for those who are listening online, it's a picture of Jesus sitting on a park bench with a guy. And the guy's asking Jesus the question, hey, Jesus, why do you allow things like famine, war, suffering, disease, crime, homelessness, despair, etc.? Why do you allow those things to exist in our world? And then Jesus says back to him, well, it's interesting you should bring that up as I was about to ask you the exact same question. Right? Like, oh, I want to I want to propose to you something that can be a little bit challenging. And I'm going to present it in the form of a, a question rather than a statement, because it, it may not actually sit theologically right for a lot of people. And that's OK. You don't have to agree with everything I say. Right. We can still be friends. You can still be part of this church. We can still hang out, have coffee together. <laughs> I'm totally OK with that. But but it's this. And I don't know if I've got a slide for this or not. Yeah. What if God was in charge, but not in control? And like I said, I'm not making this as a statement. I'm, I'm putting it out there as a, as a question to ask ourselves. And I'll just, I'll just sort of expand this out. What if God was in charge, but not, not necessarily in control? Like we, we, we rightly ought to view God as being all powerful and omnipotent and almighty, right? You, you following me, guys? Like, he is God. He is the one true God. He, the, the scriptures talk many times about him being sovereign. The, the phrase sovereign God, it's, it's mentioned like 290 times in the scriptures as, as a way of describing who he is. Like in Acts 4.24, it says, Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and, and the sea and everything in it. 
being sovereign means means to possess supreme or ultimate power. It means essentially that God is in charge. He is in charge. He's the boss, right? He's the guy. Well, he's more than a guy. He's God. Excuse me, right? He he is in charge. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's in control. Because if God is in charge, then why do bad things keep happening in the world? If God is in control, why do bad things keep happening? How, how can a sovereign or powerful God allow things that are not in his will to happen, like suffering and, and wars and abuse? And of course, you know, we understand that, that he's given us a free, free will, all of us human beings, and, and we've not always used that free will to reflect heaven on earth, right? Like there's a the whole problem with this thing called sin, which is not a problem to God because Christ came and become that answer. But, but, but you and I do stupid things. And... Things like start wars and I look after one another and I love one another. But listen, what if his sovereignty meant that he was the boss, but he wasn't in control? Why? Because, and I'm just, I'm just pitching this as, as a something to think about because he's given, has he given the control of the things pertaining to the earth to you and I? Like, what if the, the mandate that was given to Adam in the garden in the book of Genesis to subdue the earth and rule over it. We don't have time to go back there, but it's there. What, what if that mandate was actually more than just a nice intention? Like some nice words. What if he actually needs us to do that very thing? What if he's chosen us to represent him on the earth? What, what if by giving us his name to re to appropriate what if by giving us his authority to use on his behalf what if by giving us the power of his holy spirit in his absence we're to actually play a significant part in seeing his will being done on the earth I kind of, that's where i'm kind of going going with this because while god could control everything right i don't believe he has a desire to do so because he's looking for partners not puppets he doesn't want us just to roll back, right? He wants to partner with us. He's given us free will, but he's saying, hey, listen, don't come to me complaining about this stuff. I've given you authority. I've given you, I've empowered you to be the answer on the earth. Come on. Some things we're waiting for God to do, and God's, I'm waiting for you. I just, I want to challenge you the next time. You say something like, ah, it's okay. God's in control. I say that all the time. God's in control. He, he, he's got it. It'll be okay. God's in control. No worries. What if he isn't? What if it's actually up to me? It's a scary thought. I, I, I'm, I wrestle with this, this, my own theology here. <laughs> like, like, what if it's up to you and I to see the government reflect heaven on earth? What if it's our job to do that? Not, what, 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 you know, we can't pray, oh, oh God, we need our government to reflect your heart and then not go out and vote. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that, that was up to us yeah. to, to discover what his will is, to discover what, what, what a kingdom God reflecting government would look like and do something about it. 
And so God is wanting to work with us and, and, and us with Him and be His representatives and uphold His values and establish His will. Don't just assume that God's got sorted what He might be looking to you to sort. All right? I'm going to say that again because it's good. Don't just assume that God's got sorted what He may be looking to you to sort because you are a partner, not a puppet. All right? Okay. All right. Phew, we'll get through that one fine. Doesn't look like there's too many people offended. It's okay if you are. It's fine. I'm, I'm good with that. So listen, God has a will. We've got to know that first. God has a will for my life. He has a will for the earth. And it, not, not everything that happens is actually that will being carried out. And God's looking for partners, partnerships with people, not, not just puppets where we will just do exactly what he says. So with that in mind, and we're almost out of time, but I just want to give you three quick points when it comes to seeing his will being done on the earth as it is in heaven. Let me just give them all to you at once and then we'll, we'll break it down. Number one, you've got to know his will. Number two, you have to pray his will. And number three, you've got to do his will. All right. Very simple here, folks. You've got to know his will, pray his will and do his will. Where there is a will, there is a way. And the way to his will is to know it, to pray it and to do it. All right, number one, you got to know His will. you got to know more than just that He has one. I know that God's got a will for you. got to know what it is. You have to find that out. What is His will for your life? What, what is God wanting to do in you and through you? What is His will on the earth? What does He want this to look like with us in it? How, how am I to be salt and light in the world that I'm in right now? What is the will of God for my life? We're, we're actually distributing at the moment a reprint of this book, Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, which is a, a great book. And we're, we're, um, we're running a couple of groups. I think, Haniana, you're looking at this on a, on a Thursday around lunchtime. And, and uh, this will make a really good small group. To, so if anyone else wants to run with this, we've got, we've got copies. But... but uh, Discover His will. It's what this book is about, like realizing that God is purposeful and full of purpose and He wants us to live a life of purpose on, on the earth. And so find out what part He wants you to play in it, in His will. Right? Ephesians 1.18. Uh, Ephesians 1.18. Paul says to the church in Ephesus, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened may be opened up, may be awakened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. He's saying, man, this is so, so important. I pray that your eyes aren't shut, that they're not closed, that, that, that your heart's not asleep, but you'd be opened up, that you'd realize that you'd have an awakening. What kind to know the hope to which he's called you, the things he's put you on the earth for. Mark Twain, I share these scriptures and quotes at our Next Steps classes, which, by the way, if you're new to church, straight after the service, we'd love you to join with us. Mark Twain once said, the two greatest days of your life are the day that you were born and the day you find out what you were born for. And there's too many people, too many believers, too many people in church that are, that are walking around. They, they don't know what God's put them on the earth for. 
They don't, they don't know what their call is or what the will of God is for their life. Find out. You've got you to know it. Get part of a small group. Study the Word of God. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you and reveal His will for your life. You've got to know it. You can build your life around it. Pursue God's will for your life. Go after it like with everything you've got. Amen? Yeah. All right. You've got to know His will. Number two, you've got to pray His will. You have to do exactly as Jesus instructs us to do in Matthew 6. Pray his kingdom come. Pray his will to be done on earth as it is in, in heaven. Get into the habit of praying his will. Because guess what? When you know what his will is, then you, get the, you have the authority to then pray it down. Begin to, begin to pray his kingdom come. Uh, there's, there's some things that God wills need the backing of prayer behind to bring them down. Does that, does that make sense? Like, remember, not everything that happens is the will of God. Some things need our prayer to see that victory enforced on the earth. And, and motionless people or powerless people are usually people who do not pray. And we need to be a church that, that prays. Listen, prayer shifts things. Prayer loosens the enemy's grip. Prayer releases God's power over those situations. I love this quote from Martin Luther, the great reformer. He says, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of his willingness. What God is willing. We, we don't have to twist God's arm when it comes to him doing the things that he wills on the earth. He is a willing partner. We don't have to wrestle with that. We get to, re- we get to release that. I've got a whole lot of amazing quotes on prayer. I, don't, I won't read them all to you, but some of these are so good. God does nothing except in response to believing prayer, John Wesley said. Prayer strikes the winning blow. Service is simply picking up the pieces. You can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you can never do more than pray until you've prayed. Prayer is where the action is. God shapes the world by prayer. The more prayer there is in the world, the better the world will be. The mightier the forces of against, against evil. Talking to men for God is a great thing, but talking to God for men is greater still. Man, there's just so many amazing quotes about the power of prayer, the importance of praying God's will on, on the earth. You can join us on a Wednesday morning. Uh, from 9.15 to 10 a.m., we're in here, we're praying God's will, we're declaring God's will over our city, over the things that are going on right now. Awesome. Oh, there's another one, isn't there? Number three, maybe, maybe uh, Mark and, and Matt, you, could, you guys could come. Know His will, pray His will, and then lastly, do. Do His will. Do it. Put your faith into, into action. Find out what it is He's willing to do in your life. Find out what it is He's willing to do over the earth. Pray those things and do it. Get involved. Recognize that you're a partner in this. There is a responsibility for us to be participants in His will being done. I remember reading this little story. I've probably shared this before, but it was in a book by a guy called Ken Davis. He was a comedian, and the book's called Lighten Up. And he says the story. At Bible college, we'd often have chapel services led by missionaries on furlough from exotic locations. 
One of the guest speakers was an elderly man who'd spent his entire life in mission work. I can't remember his name, it says, or where he served, but I'll never forget his message on guidance, on movement, on doing God's will. After opening with the usual formalities, this man paused and switched to a serious key. He wasn't smiling. And he said, most Christians have moss growing on their butts. And there was a collective audible gasp from the audience because the word but had never been uttered within the walls of the church. The speaker continued, the moss grows on their backsides where they sit. It's, it grows because they never move. They've been sitting there for years crying out, God, if you want me to do something for you, if you want me to serve you, then open a door and I will respond. He continues by saying, my life has been filled with excitement and adventure. My life has been like a whirlwind ride in a powerful speedboat. The writer says, now his eyes danced with fire. I've trusted, he says, that all along that I was born to serve and do the will of God. I've used common sense faith in the scripture, knowing his will, and prayer, prayer's will. And I've never slowed down. I've driven my speedboat at full throttle, testing every opportunity and crying out as I raced along, Lord, if you don't want me in there, then you better shut the door. God has a will. Not everything that happens is his will. He's looking for you to partner with him. So that you would know his will, pray his will, and do his will today. Why don't we stand this morning? We're out of time. Lauren's got something she wants to share. I'm just going to pray. And Lauren, you've got a word. Why don't you come and share that now? unless we pick up the stones and um, shoot them at the giant. Um, and it links in with exactly what um, Wes was saying, that it takes us to do something for it to happen. Um, so I think if there's anyone here who's wanting to see a giant in their life just fall, um, I think God's challenging us to like pick up a stone and fire it at the giant. Otherwise, nothing's going to happen. It's awesome. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Father, I thank you. God, I thank you for your plans and your purposes and your promises over our lives and over the earth today. God, we look to you with all of the stuff that's going on right now in our worlds. We, we bring to you, God, our needs and God, the things that seem to be against your will. We, we pray against stuff like COVID-19. We pray against uh, issues in the world, we pray, God, for our government. We pray that it would reflect the kingdom of heaven, Lord. We, we thank you for believers going into places of power and influence. We pray, God, that you would empower people to, to be in your kingdom for such a time as this. We, we pray, God, that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray your will would be done, God. We, 
thank you that you have a purpose, that you've not given up, that you're not disconnected or disengaged or disinterested on the things that are going on in our lives. You are interested and that you're calling us to be an answer. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you empower us. You put your power in us. You give us boldness to be that answer, to be that witness in our worlds. God, I pray that you would set us as your people on a path of knowing, understanding your will and your purpose. You'd put us on a path, God, of of regularly praying that will, declaring that will, coming against the forces that are against your will, God. Cause us not to be apathetic people who just stand there and allow things to happen and let things happen and be a doormat for the world. But God, you would put in us a fire and a tenacity and a burden and a passion and a heart to stand up for the things that you're standing up for and to realize that we don't just wait, that we don't just wait wondering what you're going to do. But Lord, we say, how can we get involved? What are you doing right now, God, and how can I help? Pray, Lord, for faith over people, God. But faith with deeds, God, faith with action, faith that is full of motion. And wherever help is needed, I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd give us that help. As Lawrence prayed today, God, wherever there are giants that stop us from entering into your will, things that loom over us and and mock us. God, I pray in Jesus' name, let those walls come down. Let every giant be introduced to the size of our God. We thank you, therefore, what you are doing on the earth today. I thank you for what you are doing in our lives today. May we realize that it matters what we do. It matters, God. Holy Spirit, as we go from this place, I pray your empowerment would be upon us. Lord, give us your mind.